What's up, NBA fans? Welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and we have a very uh, special episode tonight. We're going to be doing our uh, first version of the 2018 NBA Mock Draft. Uh, We've got an interesting little take on it. Um, But before we go into that, uh, let me introduce the panel. Uh, we got the newest member of the Full Court Press family with us, Luke Alves. What's up, Luke? Hey, guys. How you doing? I'm really looking forward to doing this uh, mock draft. I feel like this is uh, another draft class that could be very fun to draft and see him play next year. Yeah, absolutely. Another another really, really deep uh, class of talent. Uh, also joining us is a longtime friend and guest uh, of the show, Ricky Sanders. What's up, Ricky? Hey, nothing much, man. Glad to be on here tonight. Yeah, indeed. Thanks for joining us, man. It's uh, it's gonna be fun having having three people. Kind of makes this even a little more interesting. So, um, I think uh, I think we're gonna have a lot of fun with it and having a lot of different uh, takes on, you know, where where you have your boards, uh, who you have on your boards, and where they are. This is gonna make it a uh, very interesting. So before we, we get uh, into the motions of, of what we're doing here, let me explain uh, to the listeners what it is we're going to do. We um, Instead of just doing like a, a normal like kind of mock draft where we would just, you know, uh, either take the BPI on, you know, whatever teams look like they're going to have what pick or just take the current um, – list of teams, we decided to shake things up and do things a little different. So what we're going to do is I have a die. Uh, We're going to use this to see uh, what positions each of us draft in. Uh, So one person will be uh, drawing one, four, seven, et cetera. The next person will be two, five, eight, et cetera. And the final person would be three, six, nine, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So uh, we'll do that first, and then what we're going to do is we're going to go to Tankathon, simulate the draft, and use whatever that gives us, uh, and whatever um, whatever the die te- wherever the die tells us we are going to be in the order to make our selection. Uh, and of course, we'll have to be um, constantly kind of revamping, uh, you know, where people are on our board uh, as to where they are taken by the other two. Uh, people. So, uh, we're going to get started. Uh, I'm going to roll the die. I think uh, I am one and two. Uh, Luke, you are three and four. And Ricky, you are five and six. So, here we go. It is three. So, Luke, you will be first in the draft. Let me write this down. Uh, Ricky, uh, for the second roll, to see who goes second and who's third, um, do you want highs or do you want lows on the roll? I'll be lows. Okay. Roll it again. It is six, so I am going to be second. Damn it. (laughs) I wanted to be third because uh, that's two Atlanta picks, 21 and 30. But as it were, Ricky, that's you. All right, cool. So, Luke, you'll be first. I'll be second. Ricky, you'll be third. So let's get down Uh, to it. I'm going to go to Tankathon now. And as of right now, uh, Memphis has the best odds. Phoenix is the next. Dallas, uh, then Cleveland, Orlando, and Atlanta, uh, and Sacramento are all tied at 20 and 44, so they're all in there together. Then Chicago, then New York, Charlotte, uh, Philly, or Boston, if that somehow 
hits uh, two or three. Um, there's about a one, uh, what is it, 2.1 chance, 2.1% chance of that happening, Luke. So cross your fingers. Um, cross then uh, <laughs> <laughs> then uh, the Clippers, um, unless that falls in the top three and then Detroit would keep it, uh, is next after that, then Utah, and then the Clippers with their own pick. All right, so here we go, fellas. Simulating now. All right. Uh, I've got a pretty, pretty, uh, nothing crazy. Uh, Phoenix has the number one overall pick, then Orlando, then Dallas, then Memphis, then Brooklyn, and then everything after that is just the way it normally is. So Atlanta 6, Sacramento 7, Chicago 8, New York 9, Charlotte 10, Philly 11, Clippers 12, Utah 13 and the Clippers again at 14. So, Luke, you have the number one overall pick. You're, you're selecting for Phoenix. Who are you taking and why? Oh, man. So, Phoenix is in two needs of two positions either point guard to help out Booker or a good center down low because they have plenty of power forwards. But I hate to do this to you, Nick, but I'm going to have to take them right off the board. I'm going to go with Luca, Danica. Point guard out of Real Madrid that just I think he'd be perfect next next to Devin Booker. He's big. Hopefully he can help out defensively because they are defensively blacking right there. But I just think him and uh, Booker and then you get Jackson, that'd be a, just a nice solid three to build around. So that's what I'd go with the first overall pick. That is very interesting. Um See, I obviously it doesn't matter for me at this point because there's no way Luca was going to slip to six. Um, but for me personally, I think I would go Aiton just because you just traded for Peyton, um, and uh, I mean I, I don't necessarily think Peyton is like the guy of, of like the future for you, um, but I do have some some questions as far as like the the pairing of Luca and. Um, and uh, Booker in the backcourt, they, they're they very similar, I think. Like, And we're not, obviously, the way I'm projecting Luka uh, fits very similar. We don't, you know, know exactly how he's going to translate in the NBA yet. But very good offensive. Um, Booker's obviously more athletic, the better scorer. Doncic would be the better passer. I definitely think it could fit, and it definitely could work. Um, I just think that it would be... I think Aiden is the I think the center position is the more important need for them at this point in time and I think that the defensive liabilities would concern me. Um your your uh kind of position on that, uh, Luke. Well, I mean, that's why I kinda didn't go with Aiden, just because they if they were to go to the center, I just feel like at number one, Mo Bamba, uh Mohammed Bamba and Jared Jackson are the better defensive centers in this draft, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't take them at number one. So that's why I kind of let DeAndre Ayton. I mean, he's the better center, don't get me wrong. He's got the more right. offensive upside. Just defensively, those two guys, are the, that's their upside. So I, that's why I couldn't take them at number one, and I just went with the upside of just a very tall point guard who's been playing in a better league than NCAA since he was 16. He's been doing really well over there, so. That's why I had a slip on Aiton because I would have taken, for Phoenix' sake, a defensive center, and those two are the defensive centers in my mind, but not at number one. 
Right. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Uh, Ricky, what are, what are your thoughts on Luka Doncic as the number one pick for Phoenix? I mean, obviously, Nick, you know how high I am on Luka Doncic, but um, yeah, I mean, I I think what Phoenix did here was go best player available, and um, that's worked for teams in the past. Um, is this the right move for Phoenix? Um, I would have personally picked DeAndre Ayton. I would have also considered Trey Young in the mix just because you could uh, kind of grow with this um, offensive-minded and just, you know, just run down the floor and shoot the ball. Like, Devin Booker and Trey Young just think that could be, like, the next Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson. We've seen this comparison multiple times. Uh, you could have considered that. But I think Aiton would have been the smarter choice uh, just to get that um, successor to Tyson Chandler. DeAndre Aiton, I think, has the highest ceiling in the draft. Um, but he does have a big bust factor to him. Um, I mean, you look at his body. He's a grown man. He's, I mean, you see the, the, all the muscles he has on him. Like, plus, he has um, the shot capability. He does know how to stretch the floor a little bit. He just, he's like Dwight Howard in his time with a jump shot. That's why I would pick him there. But with Luka Doncic, uh, how good he is and how I project him to turn out to be, I think this is a great pick. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, they're, they're so close for me. I obviously have Luca at number one and Aiton at number two. They're, like, kind of like a 1A, 1B, honestly. Like, I think, I feel like they're the top two. They're the top tiers of this draft. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely feel like you, you can't go wrong either way. It's just what do you think is more important uh, for any given team. Um so, but yeah, very interesting. I uh, I like it because it's already mixing up the board. Because um, I was already set with with my number two pick to go, Luca, thinking that he was going to be available, and now that he's not, it it's I, I've been sitting here thinking about who I'm going to pick. Um, I'm not reaching down to get Trey Young. I think Orlando might. I really do. Like, if, if they had the number two overall pick and Luca was off the board, I think they might reach down to get Trey Young. Um, he's just, man, his floor scares me. Um, his ceiling is super high, and he could be the next Steph Curry. Like, sure. Um, but, man, his floor is, um, I think he's got kind of the most bust potential out of a lot of these, uh, you know, out of the, like, top seven guys, maybe even top eight. Um, so, you know, with that being said, I'm going BPA, even though Orlando really needs, uh, obviously needs, uh, you know, a point guard, I, I can't ignore the fact that DeAndre Aiden is the best player on the available, uh, available on the board. And it's certainly not like Orlando has this great center. Um, cause I think Jonathan Isaacs could play some small ball center, but he's really more of a four. Um, and they don't really have anybody else. I mean, Lucevic, his contract is up after next year, and Aiton, uh, I'm sorry, not Aiton, uh, Biombo is certainly not, you know, any kind of starting center. Um, you know, he had that had that one great playoff series for Toronto and then got that huge contract, and, and Orlando has been kicking themselves ever since. So, yeah, I'm going to go I'm gonna go DeAndre Aiton. What do you think about that uh, pick, Luke? Um, I like it. I mean, honestly, I, I agree with you that there are a desperate need of a point guard, but Trey Young's a reach, and then the other one would be Colin Sexton, so I just think that's just too much for a second. And then 
I mean, I would take Aiton just because he just reminds me so much of just like like you guys said, his body size is just like Dwight Howard. And the last time Magic were really good, they had a guy named Dwight Howard. So I would definitely take him. Aaron Gordon, you don't know what he's doing this year, being a restricted free agent, so he could be going. And then, like you said, Jonathan Isaac's more of a, a four slash three. So I think if you were just make get a big center like Aiton, that'd be really good for you to build around and and hopefully he can return you to those Dwight Center days. Yeah, I mean that's that's a, another very good point to bring up. Like, um, it, he would. He would definitely be, and, and like Rick even mentioned earlier, uh, it, it maybe kind of the second coming of Dwight Howard, and that might be something for, you know, the fans down in Orlando to get excited about. Um, I honestly kind of hate it for Aiton. I, I like, I, I would want him in a better scenario, but hey, maybe, maybe now that you know Orlando's got some some you know new management in the front office, um, they're not destined to you know trade off all of their, you know, blossoming talent for shit the next, you know, four or five seasons, um, hopefully for their sake. Uh, Ricky, what are your thoughts on the pick? Uh, I personally like it. Um, like I said before, in the last time we were discussing this, DeAndre Ayton is Dwight Howard with a jump shot. Um, I, I think this gives them room to kind of get all the bad contracts with Vucevic and Biombo. Um it, Give you that long-term center option. Um, I'm a little bit higher on Trey Young than it seems like you two are, so I would want Trey Young. But um, you could always address uh, point guard in a future draft because Orlando Magic, even with a star point guard, aren't ready to compete. They aren't ready to compete just yet. Um, so point guard can always be addressed in free agency or anything like that. Yeah, so, and that's that's definitely. Yeah, I mean that's definitely something uh something to think about. Um and you know, they they obviously uh have DJ Augustine who isn't bad. I mean, he's not he's by no means like should be a starting point guard in the league. Um but, you know, they have him signed on for two more years, so it's not like you you have nobody at the position. Um so, you know, with that, you know, with that kind of being said, um you know, I think I think it would be something that they could get by with. They could maybe keep Shelvin Mack around for one more season, um, you know, go out and play next season and then just get a point guard next year. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I might have taken – I probably would have taken Trey Young if this had been – if we had done this like six weeks ago. But, I mean, when he was just on fire, you know, like – and he was just rising up everybody's boards – but I mean, I think we've kind of seen that, like that that may have been a little bit of a mirage. Teams have kind of seemed like they've kind of started figuring him out, or maybe he's just hit a cold spell. Um, but he just his his bus potential scares me, and I don't I don't feel like there's nearly that much of bus potential with Aiton. Um, and also, I do think if you took Aiton, if you really wanted young, you could take Aiton. And then, like, Young might fall to Atlanta at six. And then you can say, hey, Atlanta, we'll give you Aiton if you give us, you know, Trey Young and then, you know, your two late first-round picks or one of your late first-round picks. So I think if you take the BPA, maybe – my point being, maybe you can trade down to get um, 
to pick up Young and more assets at a later time. Uh, but anyway, uh, Dallas is the next pick. Ricky, that is you. Who are you taking with the number three overall pick if you were Dallas? All right, so I would have went Aiton, but he got taken. So um, I think the biggest need for them is a big man, either one um, to replace the Novinsky when he uh, decides to return, uh, retire, or two, mm-hmm. just a, a, a center to pair with him for his last remaining years. Um, right. I look at the board right now. Um, you have Mo Bamba. I don't really think he's worth a um, top three pick. Jaron Jackson, I'm not really sold on Jaron Jackson. I know a lot of people are. Um, Marvin Bagley, uh, that one's an interesting one. But um, the one I'm going to go with right now, I'm not as high on him as other people are, but I do have to recognize uh, he was the top player in the draft before we started the season. Yeah, he has had injury concerns, um, but I feel like once he gets hurt, he'll be a great player. Um, Michael Porter Jr., a small forward, power forward out of Missouri. Um, playing as a stretch four, um, I think he's more suited to that than playing a small forward. Um, but you could also, Harrison Barnes and him could switch on and off um, if need be. But I think he is one of the better players in this draft, uh, brings a set of offensive skills to the Dallas that they need because, you know, you got Dennis Smith. He's not a shooter. Harrison Barnes, I mean, it, it, you just need, I think you need a little bit more shooting. And Dirk Nowinski helping him load into the, to the league, um, helping him get settled. I, I think that was, they could do a lot of great things with um, Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, that's a, that's a very interesting pick. I have him third on my board. Um, still, even despite the injury on my big board, I have him third. Um I, I just I feel like I probably would have gone Jaron Jackson because he's fourth on my board. Um, big man can play the four, can play the five. Um, plus, you have Harrison Barnes, who already kind of fits that same mold as, as your three-four combo. Um, but I mean, dude, if if Michael Porter is the probably the one person left on this board who has the potential to be the best player in the draft. Um, or at least the clear like potential that we can see. Um, so you know, for that, I mean, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't blame you for taking him there. Uh, Luke, what are your thoughts on uh, Dallas taking Porter there? Man, uh, just I'm sad because I was definitely going to take him with my next pick because I do. I'm very <laughs> right? high on him. It's just the the big red flag is his back. We got to see what he can do. Hopefully, he gets to play in the SEC tournament and shows scouts and everyone. My back's not that bad. Um, me personally, for Dallas, just because, like you said, you got Harrison Barnes. I would have got a big man. I would have either got Jackson or Bagley, Marvin Bagley from Duke, just because they can just play your power forward slash center and help on that way out. But, I mean, for upside sakes and just picking just a kid that can do it all, I mean, I remember watching him in the McDonald's All-American game, and he was just doing everything, playing point guard. He, he could just – He's got a very high IQ, so for that sake, I'd I like it at number three. So I definitely see why you chose him at number three, just because he has so much tangibles and a lot of upside. Yeah, and, like, I feel like as of right now, at least according to my board, we've gone BPA down the line with one, two, and three. Um, so it's, kind of, it's definitely interesting. But this does – you do point out a good good point, Luke – um, this makes it really interesting for where you go with Memphis because I feel like the biggest need was a three or is a three for Memphis. Um, 
to kind of cement in the middle of that rotation between Gasol and Connolly. Um, so with with Porter off the board, who who are you looking at for number four? So yeah, like you were saying, um, definitely would have gone Porter um, right there. But um, had some thinking. Um, obviously, uh, Memphis was kind of stingy at the trade deadline and doesn't want to trade Gasol or Conley. So that's who they're still trying to build around is those two pieces, which are still mm-hmm. solid pieces. So. Um, I had it down in my mind between Jackson and Marvin Bagley, but I'm going to go with Marvin Bagley, the third, just because he, he as well, he moved up in, in uh, like from high school. So he's good to senior year. So he's still very young. He's got a lot of offensive upside. So I just think that he would fit really well with a defensive center. So you don't need to go Jaron Jackson defense wise. And you cause you have Gasol as a defensive um, piece down there at the center position in play. Bagley at the power forward, and this kid, I mean, he's got he's got a lot of upside if he can just figure it out. I think right now at Duke, he just rushed. I mean, even though he's like, I think he's like one of the best freshmen in the ACC, but he just there's a lot when you go to Duke and you're the number one kid. You jump, you jump Michael Porter, who's the number one the whole time, and all of them, and DeAndre Ayton, and you come up in there into their, like, uh, recruiting class, and you jump them. So I think he had a lot on, but I'd definitely go Bagley, the third for Memphis, if with the, the fourth pick. Yeah, like a lot of good points there. And I think uh, kind of one of the other reasons why I think this this kind of is a good fit for them is Bagley's not, you know, not doesn't have the best range, but Gasol does. Like Gasol is has kind of developed uh, over the last couple of years into a very effective NBA three-point shooting center. Um, so you can kind of – shield a little bit of his weaknesses, um, at, you know, as he develops as a player. So you can get him uh, working in that lineup next to uh, Gasol. Um, and even though I think uh, between he and Jaron Jackson, that, that Jackson is ultimately the better defender, I think Bagley is a little better at guarding the perimeter. Um, he just His athleticism, he, he's, he's a little more built. I think long-term he's a five, but early in his career I think he's – He's, his his foot speed, I think, would allow him to be able to play the four. Um, and I, I think he's a little more athletic. He's got a little better foot speed than, than a guy like Jaron Jackson. So, um, ultimately, I, I think that's a really good fit uh, for Memphis. Ricky, what are your thoughts? Um, I like it. It gives them a nice young piece to build around. You know, they do have a lot of veterans. Um, I do like Jermichael Green for them, though. Um but, yeah, I, I think this was an excellent pick because Marvin Bagley is one of the best players in this draft. Um, I was actually debating about taking him last pick. Um, but, yeah, if it came down to this situation, I think Memphis would be smart um, to take Marvin Bagley. Um, Jermichael Green could still play in that role of the starting power forward until he was ready. Um, so you would have Jermichael Green down low. You would have Deontay Davis still developing. Um, you still have Marcus Saul. Um, and then, you know, having Marvin Bagley down there, I mean, they'd be a force to be reckoned with down low. So I like the pick. Yeah, and I think it would um, possibly open you up to um, – well, yeah, I mean, I feel like you have two options. Because with Jermichael Green, he's only got one year left on his deal. So you could either use him – you know, as as some kind of trade bait, 
um, whether it be in the off season or maybe you trade him at the deadline, um, or maybe you just keep him and and develop Bagley behind him and then you know just move on from him the you know the season after that. Um, but yeah, I mean I think the biggest thing with this with this pick and really what Memphis just revolves around is can Connolly come back and look like he did last season and not this season. And can Chandler Parsons find any any amount of of basketball skill left in the fiber of his being? Because we have not seen it since he played in Houston. It's been really bad. Um, but I do like that pick. I really do. I think it's. I think that would be the right pick given given what their options are at that at that juncture. Um, all right. So I'm next with Cleveland. Um, Man, I feel I got one of two choices. I got Trey Young or I got Jaron Jackson. Um, or I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trey Young or Jaron Jackson. Um, honestly, I feel like I feel like you go Trey Young. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take Trey Young. I think Jaron Jackson would be the the safer pick. Um, but I think Trey Young has has a higher ceiling. I think Cleveland would look at it like, well, if we get Trey Young, maybe it'll help us keep uh, keep LeBron because we have this this you know three point shooting phenom. He loves his guys who can like shoot knock down threes. Um, we have a guy who can you know essentially fill the role that we lost with Kyrie. Now who knows if he's going to even be half the player Kyrie is. Um, but you know I feel like that would be where your biggest need is. Um, plus, that's still where you're where you're probably like, as far as in the near future. Uh, I mean, George Hill's old. Uh, obviously, um, you know they picked up Clarkson, but I, I think he's kind of strictly a six man. I don't ever see him being a starter. Um, so I think picking up Trey Young, especially since you still have Love, you still have uh, you just you just picked up Nance, um, and those Jaron Jackson is a player that you know would be lost in that roster behind those two guys, um, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to say Trey Young, uh, Luke, what are your thoughts? Um, I understand where you went there because uh, Trey Young does, I mean, what he's done in the NCAA this year is ridiculous. I mean, led the league, I mean, led the NCAA in points and assists. So he's, he's got a really high upside. Just I'm kind of skeptical on him just because his body size, they have him listed at six, three, I kind of, think that's just giving him a little leeway and all that. He's still <laughs> not as big. He's like, he's still got a lot that, I mean, yeah, the shot's nice, but we got to see a lot of other things. And my, where I would have went probably is either Jaron Jackson or Colin Sexton. If I'm going to go a point guard, I'm, I'm higher on Sexton. Yeah. Trey Young's done the more of the flasher things, but Sexton just to me has a lot more like physical stature. He's very smart too with the ball. He's got a three-inch high. He's got a six-seven wingspan. He can play defense. So, but I would have gone probably Jackson just because I think Thompson is just terrible, and they need to just get rid of him and just do something with him. And they would have just this defensive center. But I do see where Trey Young is just like what he's done. His how factor of like yes, we got Trey Young. There's just a lot that the fan base can get behind. So I see exactly where you went with that pick. Yeah, indeed. I think, and I think. That's that's something uh, important to bring up too is the wow factor. Um, I also kind of thought um, I, I honestly didn't even consider Sexton. I'm not um, 
I'm not nearly as high on him as you are. There's no way I would reach at, at five for, for Sexton. Um, but I did consider Bamba um, just for the, you know, kind of for the same reason um, that you were saying you would, you would have taken Jaron um, as a defensive minded center. Um, but the reason that I had it isolated to um, Trey and Jaron is, is, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, Bamba, he's he's bigger, he's stronger, uh, he's he's got the you know much greater wingspan, but the offensive game is not there. And if you're going to take, if you're going to, you know, it's like what Chris Chris Bosh said to Kevin Love, like you're going to end up playing center because LeBron wants a guy who can the center who can step out and hit shots. So you don't draft Bamba because um, that doesn't fit what you need. Um, and, you know, at the point of the draft, unfortunately, until they fix this uh, and they actually do the draft after free agency, which is the way it fucking should be, um, they're not going to know if they have LeBron or not. So you're still going to have to kind of make your pick based on what's going to work with LeBron and what would work if LeBron left. you got to kind of tiptoe the line there. Um, Ricky, what are your thoughts on Trey Young to Cleveland at five? I mean, I love it. Um just think of a finals if LeBron does stay. Think of a finals, Trey Young, Steph Curry, and I, I, I think that would just be awesome to watch. Um, plus, I mean, I think the main thing with Cleveland now is to get younger and prepare for a future if LeBron leaves. So you don't have to always live in fear of, oh, what if LeBron leaves? Oh, what if LeBron leaves? You don't want it to happen again like it did last time and then you just trash for a few years. You want to have a solid foundation for if he does decide to leave because really – you look on roster right now, you have a few young pieces, but not many. I mean, Teddy Osmond could develop, and that's a maybe. Uh, you have Larry Nance Jr. and Jordan Clarkson you just uh, picked up, but Clarkson's on a really big contract, so I don't know if you're going to keep him around. Um, Rodney Hood's on contract. I like him, but, I mean, really, is he is he really going to be something special in the future? Probably not. He's pretty much at his ceiling now. Um, so getting younger is a necessity. And um, you could have went Bamba. Um, you could have went um, a few different people, but I do. I really do like Trey Young just because um, he has the name to him, and it just it would make fun basketball when you get into the finals, which is really anymore what most of the fans even care about is just when's Golden State versus Cleveland gonna happen because you know we know what's gonna happen every year. It's not even. A, not even a shock to us anymore. So um, that would just make really fun basketball. I'd be really excited if this happened. Yeah, it would. It would definitely make really interesting, um, dramatic uh, basketball because you know Trey Young's going to hit slumps in his rookie season. Like no matter where he goes, I mean, it's he'll hit the the proverbial rookie wall or you know whatever you want to call it. Um, Maybe he struggles to start like Lonzo did. Maybe he hits that rookie wall coming more down the stretch, like um, say Tatum. Um, but like, how does how how does the dynamic go when that happens with LeBron and Trey Young? A um, lot of lot of interesting things that that could present. So um, I don't know. I think I think it would definitely be fun to watch. And you know, like you said, if if LeBron leaves. Then you've got you kind of got a core of of Trey Young. Hopefully, Chetty Osmond can be something, and Larry Nance Jr. Maybe you bring back Rodney Hood. I really just feel like it depends on what the market is like. Because if LeBron leaves, I think one of your main goals has to be to stay out of the luxury tax. You do not want to have to pay, 
you know, the what, five-time repeater uh, offense on the luxury decks if, if, uh, if you, you know, you're not really going to be competing even for a playoff spot probably. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, moving on, we got number six. Uh, Ricky, you're picking for my Atlanta Hawks. You have all the picks for my Atlanta Hawks, so don't fuck them up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, with Atlanta Hawks, you have Dennis Schroeder. Um, he's he's going to be your uh, hopefully your second or third uh, scoring option uh, going into the future when you get good. You have John Collins, which is interesting. Um, but I think – see, this is a hard one for me um, – I like Deadman, so I don't really know if I would go spinner here. Um, but he is he is 28, so he is getting up there in age, and his contract is expiring. Um, so I think I'm going to go best player available here, and I'm going to pick... Uh, I'm tied between a wing player and a center, um, just because B- Bamba is up there. Um, on my draft board, anyway. Um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Mo Bamba just because he is the best put, the best player available on my draft draft board. Um, I do like Dwayne Dedman a lot, but like I said, he is up there in age. He, his contract is expiring, so I don't know if they're gonna pick him back up or not. And I don't really see a wing player here. I would take this high, um, but if there was a wing player available, like. Uh, Doncic or, or or Porter or or anything like that, um, a player that I would pick top six, and you know I would have picked them, but just because I don't see a pick that is high enough for, I, I don't see a player that's high enough for pick six at a wing position, which looks like a a, a need of yours right now. Um, that's why I just went Mo Bamba. I mean, plus I mean aside yeah. from enormous. Um, great yeah. shot blocker. I mean, his mm-hmm. wingspan is huge. Um, yeah, that's where I went. I'm interested to see what you think about that. Uh, I, I would have personally gone Jaron Jackson uh, because he's, he's got the range. Like, offensively, he's just better suited to pair with Collins. Um, but, like, I mean, it, 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 it's definitely, if you're, if you're Atlanta and you're at six, you're definitely going BPA. You're not really terribly worried about fit at this point. I mean, I think you just have to go best player available, and if Bamba is the best player available on your board, like, I mean, I feel like the difference between Mo Bamba and Jaron Jackson is simply that, you know, Bamba is better defensively, uh, slightly better defensively. Uh, Jaron Jackson has the jump shot, and going forward, I would rather have that jump shot because Collins like, he's developed. He's coming along a little bit, but it's still, like, I don't think he's ever going to be, or at least for several years, I don't think he's going to be, like, a 35 37%, you know, three-point shooter. Um, and I don't think he's going to take a lot of them. Um, the ones that he does make are those little corner threes uh, that Deadman likes to shoot, but he doesn't even shoot them at a reliable clip yet, even those. Um so yeah, I, I would have gone with Jaron Jackson, but I understand. I understand the pick of Obama. Um, Luke, what are your thoughts? Um, I agree with both of you guys. Um, I kind of like lean with you, Nick, and the Jaron Jackson takes just because he has that jump shot. Collins kind of doesn't have that. He can't say it's the floor. But then again, just Mohamed Bamba. There's just so much that just 
he's he when he comes into the draft, he's gonna have the like largest wingspan ever, like bigger bigger than Rudy Gobert. That's just that's crazy. A defensive center, so he'd be really good sticking down low, like a defensive center. He'll have to learn the offensive game later, but he doesn't have that bad of a shot. Just he's more focused on defense right now. And just building, I think Atlanta's core three kind of is Schroeder, uh, John Collins, and Prince. So I think Adam Mo- Muhammad Bama there would be great. So I definitely, because the other people in my mind, their fit are already gone. So I'd probably end up going Muhammad Bama just because he's just so big and he's just a defensive, defensive stuffer. He's right up there. I mean, they're both pretty high up there in blocks. Like, they're pretty close, him and Jaron Jackson. But I just think later on he could figure out the offensive game with that defensive side just so that's what I'd, I'd probably go with as well. So, I'd like to pick right there. Yeah, and he's, he's like, um, really, really, really smart too. Like, not even just basketball IQ, but just, like, really, like, just a super, super smart guy. Um, so, I mean, I don't think he would have any trouble picking up the, uh, the offense um, you know, after he's in it for a couple of years. Um, and he also, like you said, he's, it's not like he has a bad shot. The thing is in college, you're not asked to shoot the ball when you're that big. It's just, it never happens. Um, like in college, you, you oftentimes still have essentially two centers playing at the same time. Um, so like, you're definitely not going to shoot the ball. He does. I have watched him in a couple of games and he does seem to have somewhat of a little mid range game, um, you know, maybe like uh, uh, I don't, I can't even think of anybody off the top of my head. Maybe like a Patrick Ewing, but not not nearly as good. But about like that kind of range. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's there's I think there's definitely an argument to say that he is the best player available um, at six with given what we've already taken. Um, so let's move on. Sacramento at number seven. Luke, who you got there? All right. So this one's kind of tough because, like, everyone that I kind of had Sacramento going for is kind of already taken. They've got Fox, so they don't really need a point guard. Just two high people right now left are Jackson and Carter Jr. And then you kind of get into these small forwards, like the two Bridges, uh, Miles and Malik, and then mm-hmm. Kevin Knox. I'm just looking at their team as a whole. They got Collie Stein's not that great. Scally LeBazier. You got Buddy Heald, too. So, I guess, man, this one. For Sacramento, I go with Jaron Jackson at number seven. Because yeah. I don't think Willie Collie Stein is a defense. I mean, is a true starting center. And he could still be that defense. But uh, Jaron Jackson can stretch the floor. He can shoot. He's good defensively. I think they probably needed a small forward right now, but they're just the three guys that are in that position. I just don't think right now. I mean, maybe not down the road or bridges, but I just probably go with the defensive center and go Jaron Jackson. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, I, at that point, I definitely think he's unquestionably the best player on the board. They really, really need a small forward. Like, um, like really bad, they need a small forward. Um, but Bogdan Bogdanovich has played the position well enough this season. Um, like I mean, he's been asked to play a, a, like probably more than half his minutes has been at the three this year. 
um, even though I think he's more of a two and ideally kind of like your, your six-man two um, instead of your starting three. Um, but, and, and like, I, I like both of the bridges a lot. In fact, um, like, I think they're right in there at eight, nine, and ten with Carter. Um, but not enough to pick either one of them over Jaron Jackson. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I would definitely go Jaron Jackson there. Um, Ricky, what are your thoughts? Um, I think, yeah, I, I like it a lot because I think really the biggest need for you is a big man. Um, I, I like Bogdan Bogdanovich at, at the three. Um, yeah, he might be more of a two, but um, I don't know. Buddy Hield and Bogdan Bogdanovich together, um, I think that's interesting. You run De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Hill, Bogdan, Bogdanovich, um, then whatever power forward you want and whatever center you want. Um, Zach Randolph is your veteran for right now, but, of course, that's not going to last too much longer. Um, so picking the best big man available um, would be the best option. Like I said, I'm not super high on Jaron Jackson, but I do understand a lot of people are higher on him than I am. Um so, yeah, I mean, I like it. Jaron Jackson, Sacramento, it was a good pick. Word. All right, moving on to Chicago. Man, this one's tough. This because And this is this is tough not because there's not, you know, you, I feel like you could go with three different people here. You could honestly maybe, you know, even throw Kevin Knox into that mix and say four different people. Um so, obviously, you have Carter Jr. out of Duke. Um, you have either one of the bridges, um, whether it be McHale or Miles, um, and, and you have um, Kevin Knox. Uh, I'm going to nix Kevin Knox. I don't quite have him. He, he's just a slight tier below those other three guys. Um, personally, if I'm Chicago, like, you really – same thing with Sacramento. Like, you really need a three. Like, you don't have any – Anybody who's who's really a long-term three. I mean, Valentine is is played some three this year. He's he's definitely not a three. He's a two, um, and he's not even a starter. He's not even like six-man level. Like he's rotation player at best. Um, uh, Justin Holiday has played pretty well before they you know started to tank. Um, you know, a few weeks ago, um, he's played some three, um, but he's I don't think he's long-term on this team. Um, Obviously, you need a long-term four. You have Lopez for one – I'm sorry, five. You have Lopez for one more year. But honestly, like, I, I feel like you need a three more than you need a five because I feel like you can pair Portis and Markkanen together um, and, like, they can play. In today's NBA, you can play those two guys at the, you know, at the same time at, like – whether, you know, however you want to quantify it, whether it's Portis at the four and marking at the five or vice versa. Um, so I'm going to take a three. Um, so it's a question as to do I want Mikhail or do I want Miles? Miles is the bigger body, um, but I also think that he's he scares me a little bit more because he's, I mean, he's basically like 6'6", six, six, maybe 6'7". Six, um, got like a big solid body NBA frame, but like his sh- his shooting is a little suspect. Um, I think both of the bridges are are, are good defensively. Um, I think Mikhail can play the two and the three. Miles can play the three and the four. Um, 
I, I, with all that being said, I think I'm going to go Mikhail Bridges. I just think he would be, um, I think he would be a good fit for them. I think uh, the fact that he can play the two uh, and the three is, is you know, something that's kind of promising. Uh, get him some extra minutes when Levine, you know, isn't, isn't playing, but also play him next to Levine. Um, uh, very, very promising player, and maybe you can even, if Dunn doesn't work out, you can you can make Levine kind of into your de facto point guard, and he can slide up to the two. I think it, it gives you a lot of versatility. Um, Luke, what do you think about that? Um, I agree with you that um, what their positional need is is a uh, small forward, and uh, I do see why you went with Mikel Bridges. I mean, he's just plays for Villanova. That's been a great team. He's really smart. It's been doing a lot of great things for his team. In my mind, he's probably one of the top guys up for the winning award in the NCAA. He's just been having a phenomenal year and all that. Um, I would probably have it between the two bridges right here, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I might have – I'd probably go with Miles Bridges just because mm-hmm. he's from Michigan. That's really close to Illinois. He's a Michigan kid, so you can have all those fans. You know, just he's from that area. I think you know, just he 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 had he still has a lot of upside. He, I do understand where he does scare. He does have those kind of like he's there in some games. Some games he's kind of just not bringing it, or like he'll, he'll finally turn it on in like the third quarter. It's like your team needed this the whole time. So I do understand, right. but I think once he gets to that big, the big the upper level, he'll figure it out. And I think being close to shit like being close to home in Chicago for him would be a great. Uh, a great choice for Miles and to land there. I think that's what he'd prefer, but I understand completely why you went with Miguel. And I mean, either way, I think those two are just at that, where they're at right there. Those would be the best two people for them. Yeah. I mean, so I, yeah, but essentially we're on the, we're on the same page there. It's funny. I do like, I, I, I can't disagree with anything you said there about why you would have picked Miles. Like it's, it's really like a coin flip for me. Um, like which one of them to go with there. Um, they each have their, their uh, upside. They each have their downside. Um, I just, I wonder, I wonder if the thing that scares me most about Miles Bridges is um, are you going to have to play him at the four um, for him to be the best version of the player he can be? And if you do, how are you going to fare with a six-six uh, power forward playing next to? You would have to have Markin in as your center at that point. Um, it just raises a few too many questions for me. Um, and so I think it really depends on: Do you feel like you can rely on him to play the three? Um, and if you do, then I definitely go with Miles at that point because I do feel like he's a slightly better. He's got the better build for defense, and you're not going to muscle him around as much. He's just bigger and stronger. Um, but, Ricky, uh, what are your thoughts on Mikhail Bridges for Chicago at eight? Um, I, I actually like that a lot. I didn't really expect that one. Um, but he is like the pro-typical 3-and-D player. Um, he, he's, he would fit great into the core they already have with, you know, Chris Dunn, Louis Markinen, Bobby Portis, uh, all those guys. Um just finding him in there uh, just adds to a great core group of players you already have. Um, I like Miles 
Bridges Moore. I like his big body. He's been developing. His shot has been getting better his sophomore season. He's added um, a few more, like, ball handling moves that he's been using. Um, he's developing uh, just as a ball handler. He's not going to be a primary ball handler by no means, but um, he has been showing really good improvement uh, throughout his sophomore season, which I thought was great that he went back to college and he did improve in a lot of the games. Um, so I do see the progression he's making, and I like him as a player uh, overall more, but I tend to like um, bigger body, small forwards. Uh, I don't know why. It's always like that style of play. The the small forwards that can, you know, back you down or can shoot. Um, that's just me personally. It's a personal preference. Um, but if you're higher on Mikel Bridges than uh, Miles Bridges, uh, then, I mean, I like to pick. Uh, there's a case for both sides. Yeah, indeed, and that's kind of what it all boils down to. Do you do you err on the side of more athleticism uh, in this, or do you err on the side of like strength, power? Um, because I mean, like I said, they both have both have a lot of ups and upside, and they both have a few small downsides. Um, all right, Ricky. So you got your New York Knicks pick number nine. Who you taking? Got to save the Knicks. <laughs> okay. So, it's it's um, all on you, man. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> okay. So I mean, there's a few things we could do. I think. So breaking down the team as of right now, um, Moutier and uh, Frank Natilakina. Um, there's been rumors Natilakina is going to start playing more of the shooting guard than that really point guard, and you're having hopes in Moutier. Um, so I do think we wait on the two guards. So uh, Christoph Porzingis obviously is our star player. He will be that for however long he stays with us. So power forward's good. Center uh, Enos Cantor, he has a huge contract. Um, but if he stays, we'll get at center. We could look at center, um, but I do like Cantor a lot. Um, so really that leaves us with small forwards. Now, there's three small forwards that come to mind. Um, Kevin Knox is not one of them because I would never pick a Kentucky player. Just playing, but um, <laughs> that's fair. Just, just, just playing. Um, but Miles Bridges is one, um, uh, and two international stars that I'm really high on, and I think it's going to jump on um, a lot of draft boards here soon once they start with their workouts and the combine and everything else. The two, uh, two stars that I've really dug into today, specifically uh, leading up to the podcast, um, Danzin Musa uh, from Bosnia and Herzegovina. Uh, and um, I mean, he's great. You watch him play, um, he's right up there with Luka Doncic in talent level. Um, I don't know if you know too much about him, but, I mean, the, the, the dude can play, uh, put it to you that way. Uh, he's a great leader. Um, he's a point forward, so he's a small forward, but he can handle the ball. Um, he's been playing and uh, he's been playing professional since he was 15 years old. He's used to the spotlight. He's a great shooter, good defender. But he, the only bad thing to him, uh, he isn't as athletic as the other guys, and he's very emotional. So he gets lets his emotions get the best of him. And the other guy is Isaac Bonga. Um, he he reminds me a lot of like Giannis with the like the really big wingspan. Um, but I, I think. We need to shy away from him, even though I love the guy. Um, it's just he doesn't have the shot. And I'm, I fear if he has Moutier, the Filipina, 
and another small forward that can't really shoot, you're not going to have enough shooting. So, um, you know, this kind of called me crazy because I know, like, NBADraft.net doesn't even have this guy on the draft board. I've seen him high as number 10 um, on some boards, and I've seen him as low as not even on the board. But I'm going um, Bonanza uh, Musa from Bosnia and Herzegovina. Yeah, I, I think I have him, and I think it's I, – I don't know the pronunciation. I think it's just Zanin. I think the D is silent, I believe, like Django. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, no, I, I do – I definitely have him on my board. I'll have to um, – let me pass it over to Luke and then go back and, and kind of review and see where, where exactly I had him on my board. Luke, what are your thoughts on that, Jake? Um. I'm kind of uh, – I like it and I don't. Um, I understand Zana Musa's uh, – what you're saying, like he's, he's been playing in the other league. He is, in my mind, the second-best international player. Um, so I do see why you chose him at the small forward. They, that's a positional need that they, they – I probably would have went for um, Miles Bridges just because I know what – I've seen him play a lot more. Um, he, I think he could handle – it's – it's one thing if if Musa was getting not traded to the Knicks, but this is a big spotlight city. I mean, and it's hard to like come right in there and everyone from New York's looking at you like, "Hey, Kristaps injured, you got to be coming in big time." And I think too, New uh, New York fans would probably like it, but be like, "Who's this guy again?" When they drafted Kristaps, they were all like at first, like, "Who the hell is this? Like, what the heck is this international?" So I think Miles Bridges would be safe. I think if they kind of figure out Moutier isn't working, I just, I, I'm not as high on him. I kind of like Colin Sexton next to um, Nika, uh, whatever, um, uh, two guard that they just drafted. Yeah. So I think Colin Sexton would be uh, pretty good next to him. So those would be my two that I'd probably lean towards, but I do understand where you went with for uh, Musa. Yeah, so I have Musa at 19 on my board. I have seen him. I think I, I don't think I've seen him quite at 10. I've seen him like 12, 13 on some people's boards. Um, the biggest thing with Musa that scares the shit out of me is he's an unathletic score. Like I don't want to say he's unathletic because I get tired of people saying Luka Doncic is unathletic. Um, but like he, his athleticism scares me. Um, because he doesn't have the other intangible skill sets that a guy like Luka Doncic has. He is is primarily a scorer, and that just screams Mario Hazonia to me. Um, like, I would just be terrified <laughs> that you just drafted Mario Hazonia. And, like, um, you know what? A funny, story, a, a funny story that I have um, as a Knicks fan, I was praying we took Mario Hazonia. Like, he would – I was – so big on Mario Azonia. <laughs> and and you didn't Porzingis, learn your lesson? I, I, now you want Musa? I, I, <laughs> and, and when we drafted Porzingis, I threw my remote, and I was furious. And I was like, well, no, why didn't we take Hazonia? So, but, yeah, that was kind of funny how you compared him to Hazonia right there. <laughs> yeah, I knew. That's funny. I did know you were high on Hazonia. We had talked about that, but I did not know that you were higher on him than Kristaps at the time. That's That's oh, really funny. I was really high on the zone, like higher than this up. Yeah, that, that's yeah. crazy. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, here's the thing, man. It's all going to depend, like, can he 
can he effectively hit shots and can you know can they scheme to get him open looks if he can if he can if his shot and his offense can translate the way Mario Hazonia's did not um sure he could be he could be a quality player i definitely think he fits the same kind of same kind of type of player as Hazonia cuz he's a very tall um guy who can play really the two or the three um and he scores the basketball, but man, that that bust potential just scares the hell out of me. Where I feel like Miles yeah. Bridges, it doesn't it doesn't scare me as much with Miles Bridges. I feel yeah, like his floor think, is pretty well defined. Yeah, I think the reason I chose Musa over Bridges is, um, I mean, Bridges isn't as good as a shooter. I don't think. I think yeah. the main thing no, we need is, is the the main thing we need right now. I think is shooting at that small forward position going into the future that, um, you know, Cantor is not going to, I mean, be a great shooter. Moutier is not going to be a great shooter. Mithilakina is not going to be a great shooter. So getting that shooter plus, I mean, like I said, he already has a bunch of pro experience. He is used to the spotlight. He's been in the spotlight since he was a kid. Um, not, not like as big as New York per se, but he has been in some type of uh, spotlight and, um, he has great basketball IQ. Um, I mean, yeah, the athleticism is a question for him. Um, but, I mean, he does have the ball handling ability. And he, he, he is a point forward. Um, and I think the the really big thing that got me into him was looking at his highlights and seeing how good of a shot he has. And, like, when he goes off, he goes off. Like, he catches fire. And, I mean, yeah, he is a little streaky, so you're not going to expect 30 of him every game. But um, I, I've seen that high uh, that high ceiling for him. Yeah, floor, I mean, got to worry about that. But, I mean, I'm a type of guy that if you're in this high, if you're in this high of a pick, I mean, you got to go boom or bust. I mean, you're looking for them home runs. And I think Musa could be a great home run. For you, but I mean, at the same time, I do get what y'all are saying that he does have bus potential and a lot of bus potential. So, I mean, it could either be great for us, like Porzingis was, or it could be not so great. Um, yeah, and that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a good go. point. Yeah, well, and that's a good point. Like, it, you're, I do think your your point of if, if you're at, you know, between nine and, and say 17 ish range. Um, there's like usually at least one player every draft in that range that, and that's, you know, about where I have him ranked 19th, but I think he'll go a little higher. Um, I think he'll go in that nine to 17 range. Well, let me rephrase that. I think he'll go in like a 12 to 17 range. I don't, I don't, I don't think that they're, they're going to pick him in nine. But my point being is, um, there is always one player that, that goes in that range that ends up being like just this this awesome guy and like last year it was Donovan Mitchell um and I had him at 12 but I know a lot of boards I, I want to say NBA uh mockdraft.com or .net or whatever had him at like 40 or some shit like that like right before the draft I can't remember exactly what it was but I remember they had him pretty damn low um I think Draft Express had him at like 14 um so like but like yeah there's always a player like that and sometimes you know like obviously Utah took rolled the dice, gave up Trey Lyles, um, and their their later picks to move up to get him. So um, you know there there is always one.
one guy like that in, in every draft in that range. Um, obviously, Giannis Antetokounmpo comes to mind as well. Um, but let's move on. Charlotte, number 10, Luke, Charlotte Hornets. Who are you taking? All right. So, with this pick, I was, I was kind of thinking, I mean, it deals a lot with what's Charlotte doing with Kimba Walker this whole yeah. offseason. Are you going to keep him, still build around him? If not, that's a huge positional need that that they need a pick. I mean, there's one I, I like Sexton a lot, but if you're not and you're going to keep them, then you have other positional needs like your small forward, and then maybe a center because Dwight's really old and you don't know how many more years he has left. So and he's right expiring. Now, I had it. Yeah, and he's expiring, and that contract's just ridiculous too. So I have it down between three. It's between Sexton, Miles Bridges, and Mitchell Robinson. Just because Robinson is the center that not a lot of people remember him, but he was really – he's been playing with these kids, DeAndre Ayton, Muhammad Bamba, Jared Jackson, with all of them. He's been playing against them. He's from the same draft class. He just left uh, Western Kentucky. Something weird happened, so he just left college. But not a lot of people remember him. So I think he would be pretty good right there, um, taking over after Dwight and learn some things with Dwight. I mean, Dwight is a smart center, so – and so that's a habit between those three. Um, I know Jordan, and I, he likes to do a lot of bad things. So I could see him going Kevin Knox just because of Knox's upside of just how tall and lanky he is and just what he can do. But um, I would go with the smart pick and just go with Miles Bridges right here. And you have Kimba, Malik Monk, Miles Bridges as mm-hmm. your one, two, and three. So that's what I pick. But Mitchell Robinson – is really also probably the number two guy. Unless they trade, then I get Colin Sexton. So I go Miles Bridges at with the Charlotte pick. Yeah, I think that's obvious. Like if Miles Bridges is on the board at ten, you would have you would have to be stupid if you're Charlotte not to take him there. Um, I do I do think I, there are, I've seen a lot of boards where um, they for whatever reason they're higher on on Kevin Knox. Um, like I, I certainly think Kevin Knox could be uh, the better player. I I would take Miles Bridges before I took Kevin Knox though. Um, Ricky, what are your thoughts on that pick? Um, I really like the Mitchell Robinson pick, honestly. But um, <laughs> um, that was a that came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting that one. But um, Miles Bridges, he's really safe. I, I don't know how much uh, how high his ceiling is. I don't think it's uh, higher than like a Kevin Knox or uh, a player like that, I th- but I think he's safer. He has a a higher floor and a lower ceiling. Um, so if he just want to go the safe route, Miles Bridges is great. I mean, he has been developing, like I was telling you earlier with the Knicks. Um, I have seen improvement with his ball handling. His shooting has been uh, improving a little bit. Um, but that is a good pick. But <laughs> I would have liked it if you would have went Mitchell Robinson there. That's funny. Um, the only reason I wouldn't have liked Mitchell Robinson is because they just traded for Willie Hernan Gomez and gave up two second round picks to get him. Um, so even though, even though I'm not sold on Hernan Gomez, um, I really, I see, I really liked him last year, and then for whatever reason, he just they didn't play him at all this year in New York. Um, so I feel like you trade if you're going to trade away two. Uh, second round draft picks for the guy. Like, I would hope he's at least going to be your backup. 
and I don't see you being able to move Cody Zeller because he doesn't have a crazy expensive contract per year, but he signed on for like four more years. Um, so I think even after Dwight leaves, you're just going to have Cody Zeller go back to being your starter um, and hope that Hernan Gomez can progress behind him um, and eventually kind of take over that starting role. Um, so, yeah, that, that's mainly why I would I would go with Miles Bridges and because I um, just really don't like um, Kit Gilchrist. Um, and it, it just – he, when he was drafted, he was fine. But like in today's NBA, when you have like a wing player who can't shoot, it's it's so difficult to do anything with that. So, um, so yeah. I mean, I, I I definitely I definitely would would go with Bridges there. Um, okay, so Philly number eleven. Um, man, this is tough because I feel like the two best players available, one is a point guard and one is a center. Um, Wendell Carter is one of them, uh, and Colin Sexton is the other one. Like, I don't want to draft a point guard because I have, like, four of them. Um, and, like, obviously you have Embiid, um, but I feel like your biggest need other than shooting guard is, like, another, like, an additional wing player to balance out your, your rotation. I mean, obviously you, you have, um, you, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who's been there for Covington. You have Bob Covington, um, and he's like solid. Like he, if he, he's so versatile, like he could be, he can easily be your starter. If for some like reason LeBron ends up going there, then he could definitely be your sixth man. Um, again, another reason why they should have the draft or free agency. Um, but so I, I, I Kevin Knox. It makes a lot of sense to me as well um, there because you're you're taking a guy who can play the three, he can play the four. Um, you don't have anybody backing up Dario Saric as of next season who's on the books. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Kevin Knox there. I think if he slides down that far, um, if he, if he, he's specifically he's not available, I'm probably gonna go Wendell Carter. Um, as far as Colin Sexton, I just feel like. I feel like he's probably the best player available there, but, like, he would be, like, the last person that you need. Like, you definitely don't need somebody who's, who's uh, like, a ball-dominant, you know, uh, Derrick Rose or, or you know, um, uh, um, any kind of player like that who's a, who's a drive, you know, drive player, doesn't pass the ball a whole lot. Um, I just don't think he's going to pair well. Um, with the rest of that team, uh, you know, maybe if you if you took him, you can trade it. You can use him as a trading asset. But I mean, I feel like you're probably just going to try to take the, you know, somebody who's going to fit your roster. So yeah, I'm going to go Kevin Knox. What do you think about that, uh, Luke? Um, I like it uh, just because, what, like you're saying, what Philly needs right now is a small forward. I mean, in my mind, I'm, I agree with you. Colin Sexton is the best available player, but that they do not need a point guard, especially they have Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons is their point guard, but you still have Fultz that you drafted at that position as well. So Sexton doesn't really belong right there. Um, if I'm Philly, I'm kind of crying, and I was hoping that the teams above me were higher on Kevin Knox so I could probably get one of the Bridges. Personally, um, Mikel Bridges is 
the best like person in my mind to go yeah. to Philly just because he's just a, a veteran, just a junior. He's smart and all that. So I bet they're just like, dang it, we were so close to getting him. So um, I probably would go with Kevin Knox just because of his upside. He's in that positional need. Down the road, he could be really good. It's just he he's still figuring out how to play basketball. He was originally a football player, but he just decided he wanted to be a basketball player. I mean, he's got – He saw him dollar bill, dude. Yeah, he's he's done he's done pretty well uh, for his freshman year at Kentucky. He's been one of the better Kentucky players. I mean, Kentucky always has those top freshmen. I mean, yeah, the top freshmen coming in and coming out. So he's definitely done the best out of all of them. So I I probably would have as well gone uh, Kevin Knox to this for Philly. Yeah, and I think uh, one other thing that I forgot to mention, um, like I feel like as far as like their good young backup players who are still on the books for one more year there. They have McConnell. Um, they have uh, uh, Justin Anderson, and they have um, Rashawn Holmes. I am ha- least high on Justin Anderson. Um, I, I I do like McConnell for a, you know, strictly for a backup role on that team. I think he fits well. Um, I also like Rashawn Holmes strictly for a backup role on that team. I think he fits well. Anderson's the one who I um, am probably more likely to not want to re-sign, uh, not next season, but the following season. So that's yet another reason why I think Kevin Knox you know, makes makes a good bit of sense in that with that pick. Um, Ricky, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I like it because, I mean, the one thing they did draft Martel for last year, they thought, I mean, his shot was going to be a lot better. His shot did struggle. Um, ben Simmons, of course, isn't the best shooter. Um, so adding that shooting aspect to it, the shooting wing, um, that that's good. Um, that would be good for him. I, I I do like Mattel Bridges better for him if he was available. Of course, he was taken by Chicago in this scenario. Um, but Kevin Knox, he's interesting. He 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 has a long body. He he can shoot the ball. I mean, um, I think he would be a good fit for him. Um, would it be the best case scenario for him? No, um, but I mean, with the scenario we have at play, I, I do think Kevin Knox would be your best choice, and that's what I would have went to. Yeah, and and I totally agree with both of you guys. I think Mikhail would be the absolute best scenario, namely because he can play the two, um, comfortably play the two. Um, he's got the, you know, he's obviously a little older. He's got more experience, so you know, if this Fultz pick just never ends up working out, then, you know, he would definitely be somebody who could, you could plug right in and regardless of whether you got, um, you know, any kind of big name free agents, he would be a plug and play player immediately. And I think that would be, you know, most ideal for him, but, um, you know, obviously on this board, he's not available. And the other guy that I may look at, uh, the two guys would be Lonnie Walker and Troy Brown. Um, but I'm just not, I'm just not sold enough on those guys, and I don't see either one of them, especially Lonnie Walker, because he's just not tall enough. But I don't see either one of them being able to, to you know, play the three position, and definitely not the four. And I think Kevin Knox being about six ten, six eleven, the fact that he can play both those positions um, is really good with your rotation. And I feel like too, at seventeen, you're gonna have some quality two guards on the board, so you can address that at that point. Um, all right. Moving on, Clippers, number 12, 
Ricky, who you got? You know, I'm really excited about the Clippers that, um, coming up this draft. Um, they could, they have the tools to really get a solid foundation. Um, so, really, the two things I would address uh, this offseason would be the point guard and um, the power forward. The point guard, uh, you have Beverly on roster, but he is 29, um, and, I, and I think his contract is expiring, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's got one more year. Have, yeah. yeah, and then you have Milos, um, but, I mean, he's already 30. Um, but you have Avery Bradley, so he's also on an expiring contract. But if you can re-sign him, um, that, and you have Lou Williams, have DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Jordan still, you do have quality players. Um, so I think really the, the option here for me is between two different players. Um, at the point guard, Colin Sexton. I mean, he is the best player available on my board. Um, so I think that's what I'm going to go with. Or um, the second best player available on my board. Um, I know a lot of people are going to say Wendell Carter, but for me, I like Robert Williams out of Texas A&M a lot more. Um, so I like both of them. The best-case scenario is Williams falls uh, to the Clippers' next pick. Um, so that's what I'm going to be banking on, and I'm going to uh, pick Colin Sexton, uh, the athletic point guard Alabama. I think really the game that stands out uh, for me is that that game Alabama had to play three players, and I mean he carried he carried those three players and actually stuck in the game with uh, the team they were playing. So um, I mean I've seen comparisons to like John Wall, Eric Bledsoe, uh, players like that. I mean this guy could potentially be, like, a great starting point guard. I'm not saying he's going to be a superstar, um, but just to start the solid foundation um, to get uh, used in the Clippers locker room, um, I think really you need to lock down Avery Bradley, get him under contract, and picking up um, the best player available and a position of need of Colin Sexton, and then hopefully with the next pick, uh, picking Robert Williams, um, I think that would be the best case scenario. So we'll not take him; we'll go and call it next. Yeah, I like it for all the reasons you said, and definitely he's by far the best player available at that point in time. Luke, your thoughts? Um, yes, no, I'm 100% with you right here. Um, they are at more of a point guard need. I mean, they have Sweet Lou Williams, but he's just a sixth man, so he's not your starter. So. I think Colin Sexton would be perfect. It would be better to know if you're not getting DeAndre Jordan, then you kind of like, then I took Wendell Carter, but I'm with you as well. I'd probably get Robert Williams over Wendell if I'm re-signing DeAndre Jordan and getting Avery Bradley too, so those positions. So I 100% agree with you. I would have gone. I'm so happy if I'm the Clippers right here and Colin Sexton still somehow on the board, so. I jump all over that and draft him as soon as possible. Yeah, my thoughts exactly. All right, Luke, you're up next with Utah. All right, so this one's uh, a little tough uh, just because Utah's in that position where you don't, there's a lot, you have a lot of pieces with, you already have center. What are you doing with Derek Favors at the four? So you got to think maybe there, but. I could see someone there. Um, Ricky Rubio, but there's no really point guards. Um, 
they do need a two guard, but I'm not very sold on the the two guards out there. Not on Lonnie Walker or anything. Um, if I'm Utah, I'm gonna go with Robert Williams, the power forward slash center out of Texas A&M, just because I just think that's a positional need, especially if you're moving on from Derek Favors. You've already got rid of a uh, well, Roddy Hood wasn't a power forward, but you just kind of you're already kind of put in that position, and you got Rudy Gobert, who's your download, so you need someone who can kind of stretch it. So I think Robert Williams pairing up with Gobert would be a, a good choice for them right here. They probably wish other people were still available, but I think right now you got Mitchell. So I, I, I can't believe I just forgot about Mitchell. So, yeah, they don't need a two-guard. So, yeah, in between a small four, but there's none of them out there. So, yeah, so I go with uh, Robert Williams. I was giving you the benefit of the doubt and thinking maybe they needed a backup two guard. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't but, know why uh, I put my mind on it. But. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I agree 100% with the Robert Williams pick because I don't think you're going to um, to uh, to re-sign uh, favors. Um, I mean, you might if he's, if he's on the right, like, if, the asking price isn't too much, but I think Robert Williams is the perfect guy to plug in to replace him, being that he's a guy who can play four, he can play five, he can back up Gobert. Um, you can maybe also play him next to Gobert in, you know, about as much as you would have done with favors. Um, and, of course, you've got Jay Crowder um, there as well. I think that, that just makes the most sense to me as for, for Utah. Um, is definitely uh, Robert Williams. Uh, so obviously you're disappointed that Robert Williams is not going to L.A., uh, but I still think <laughs> you were right to pick Colin Sexton. Ricky, uh, what are your thoughts on Robert Williams for Utah? Uh, I, I liked it. Um, yeah, I mean, Williams was my best player on the board. Um, I, I think I do think something's interesting. He brought up, he, he brought up the small forward position, um, I, I actually really love both small forwards on the roster for the Jazz, Jay Crowder and Joel Ingles. I, I mean, they're not like franchise changing, but I, I do really like them. I think they're okay having them on for the next season. Um, so I mean, Ricky Rubio, I, I like him. I mean, he's not anything great, but I mean, he's serviceable. Donovan Mitchell is going to be your centerpiece. Rudy Gobert is a centerpiece. So really the oddball out is Derek Favors and picking up Robert Williams, which is really explosive. Um, you know, he has a, a lot of good highlight dunks. I mean, he, he can stretch the floor. He's just the perfect power forward in today's NBA. And I, I think that was a great pick for the Utah Jets. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, okay, moving on to Clippers. Uh, I'm definitely going with my best player available, Wendell Carter Jr., um, I think this is actually a perfect scenario. I think if the Clippers end up with Colin Sexton and Wendell Carter Jr., they're going to be so thrilled. Um, like that is that is probably the best case scenario, short of you know uh, them somehow getting uh, one of the top three picks with their pick, which is currently last um, in the lottery. So very much not likely to happen. Um, but yeah, Wendell Carter. I think uh, you don't really have. Um, a long-term uh, center because I don't think you're going to re-sign DeAndre Jordan. Um, if you do, uh, first of all, I think DeAndre Jordan is going to opt in. I don't think he's going to opt out because the, the 
the money, uh, the amount of teams that are out there that have cap space, there's just not a lot of them. Um, and one of those teams is Dallas, and I don't think they're going to be knocking on your door. Um, just just a hunch. Um, so I, I, I definitely think you take Wendell Carter. Um, you know, you just, just sit, pretty much just sit um, uh, Boban, uh, you know, because I mean, he's definitely a serviceable backup center, but, you know, you want to get your young guy more time. I think you, you let Wendell Carter develop behind DeAndre Jordan, that would be a perfect person for him to, you know, basically develop behind. Um, I don't really see him playing power forward. I know he's, you know, basically listed as a power forward center, um, but I definitely see him more as a center because um, he's he, he's got a reasonably like good shot. Um, he's got potential there, but he's he's just he's a little too slow footed to me to to be you know a guy that you would pair next to DeAndre. Um, but I think you you definitely draft him, you know, because he's the best player available and because I think he could be uh, your starting center in the future. Um, your thoughts on that, Luke? I know I agree with you, um, me. I take um, uh, Carter as well, just because you need centers. You don't know what DeAndre. Even if he resigns, you still have someone of the future to build around and all that. So I think centers definitely positional needs. They probably wanted to go with the. Um, Sexton Williams, but I mean, right now you just got to go with best thing. So I like it. Um, so that's where I would have gone to. And I bet the Clippers are excited. They got two young pieces now to build around a point guard and a center. So I think they're thinking the future's looking pretty light, uh, bright in Clipperland. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Ricky, what are your thoughts? Um, best player available, best big man available. I mean, tick the boxes, what I would do for the Clippers. I mean, I think you're going in thinking I need a point guard to build around and I need a big man to build around. And Wendell Carter Jr. was my best player available on my board and yours as well. So, I mean, overall, I think it was a great pick. Indeed. Um, All right, you're up next. You got the Phoenix pick uh, via Milwaukee, which is crazy because I did not think that pick was going to convey this year, and it still might not. But as of now, the first pick outside of the lottery is Milwaukee's, which goes to Phoenix if it is between 11 and 16. Um, so in this scenario, it goes to Phoenix. Who are you picking number 15 for the Phoenix Suns? All right, so breaking down the Phoenix Suns roster, you have Devin Booker and Luka Doncic as your starting, uh, as your star pieces because uh, number one overall, they picked Luka Doncic in this scenario. Um, you also have P.J. Warren, which is uh, a serviceable uh, small forward, power forward. Uh, Alfred Payton just got uh, via trade. Um, he, he's still 24, and he's thinking I wouldn't give up on him just yet. Um, and you have Josh Jackson, which is interesting. Marquise Chris and Dragon Bender is interesting. Um, so I think really what you go here is a big man, and it's really between two people uh, for me, and one should the Tier higher than the other one. Uh, there's Mitchell Robertson and there's uh, Omir Yurtsevin. I don't know how to say his name. I butchered his name. But the center from North That's Carolina State. Close. Uh, yeah, the center from North Carolina State is from Uzbekistan. No, I can't pronounce yeah. names. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the two I would be between. I think uh, picking Omar is just, you're a little too high for that. Um, he he doesn't have a high as a ceiling as Mitchell Robertson. 
Um, so I'll go Mitchell Robinson. He's a good finisher around the rim. He's a good rebounder. He's a good shot blocker. I mean, but he is a project type player. He did skip a year of college, um, but he was said to be developing his game, just focusing all his time on getting better. Um, so, I mean, he does have uh, off the court issues. Um, not like criminal or anything like that, but you, you can see his demeanor and his, the type of person he is, he is can be a little questionable. But as a basketball player, I, I think this is the best pick for you because, I mean, per, personally, I don't think Alex Coyne is going to develop into much. Tyson Chandler is up there in age. Marquise Chris could transition into center if he got a little bit more strength to him, but that's still questionable. Dragon Bender is obviously a power forward. You need another big man uh, to pair with Luka Doncic, uh, Devin Booker, uh, T.J. Warren, all your other, uh, Alfred Payton, all your other core members. So I think, honestly, Mitchell Robinson is the best pick here. Uh, I'm guessing that you liked that pick, Luke. Oh, yes, I was about to say, this Phoenix, I think um, we might have the next pick. Phoenix has the next pick, so... I'm happy because, I, I mean, if you didn't pick him, I was picking Mitchell Robinson. I think, like you said, he fits every single positional need. Right now they need a center. I mean, they've got two powerful young ones that they're still in the air. Who Who's going to get it? T.J. Warren and Jackson kind of play the, the three positions. So you have a Booker, your main piece. And then right now you have Elba Payton and then the number one pick, so Lucas. So I think that's just the best. Best positional need that they need right now, and that's just a smart one. So I would have definitely gone Mitchell Robinson with Phoenix for that pick. Yeah, I think you definitely go with a center. I would go with Daniel Gafford, uh, center out of Arkansas. Um, I like this kid, man. He's climbed up my board a lot um, this this year, um, probably due to me listening to game theory too much, and Sam Vecini loves him. So I, like, went and, like, um, you know, watched a lot of uh, – I've seen like three games uh, of his recently, um, and uh, yeah, I just I, I I see why he likes him. The guy the guy is supremely athletic. He can jump out of the building. Um, he's he's got the tools to be a great defender. Um, he, he's not really a shooter, but like I said, like um, you know when it comes to uh, when it comes to you know guys in in. Uh, college like centers specifically like it's so rare that you're going to have a coach that's like yeah I want you to shoot the ball no they just want you to hang out under the rim um so like yeah I I would have gone him but I think the difference between he and Mitchell Robinson is is so small um that you know I I could I I, I can definitely support the the pick of Mitchell Robinson all right uh so let's move on number 16 Phoenix again who you got Luke Okay, um, so I just think Phoenix is just because that one year they kind of went Drodic Bender and Marquise Chris because they're like, hey, we can get the two best power forwards in position and just kind of go from there. So I'm kind of going to just steal what you're saying because in my mind this were the two picks that I would go and you're just swinging on two centers and hopefully one hit. So I'm taking <laughs> Daniel Gafford, power forward slash center out of Arkansas. Hopefully one of them hit. Both of them hit hey, but, I mean, right now, I mean, the other people you could take, Lonnie Walker and Troy Brown, but you don't really need a shooting guard. I mean, backup, but those kids aren't really backups. I mean, if I was going to take a shooting guard, I probably may go, like, someone that's a little more age veteran, but I don't think someone like 
the kid out of Creighton, uh, Thomas, who's kind of not really right there. Evans out of um, I forget where it's uh, Jacob Evans out of Cincinnati, no, and then yeah, uh, Hutchinson, Boise State, no, because they could be really good backups, but. I just right there. I would just think you just because that one draft to the way Phoenix uh, they think is just why don't you get two position? I mean, get the same kid to play position, and one of them's going to hit. So I'm going with Daniel Gafford at the back-to-back pick for them. I like it. I really do. I actually like that a lot. I would not have done it myself, but when you said it, I was like, that is brilliant. Like, yeah, why not do that? Not to mention, you do need a backup shooting guard in theory, but if you have Luka Doncic and you re-sign Alfred Payton, like, you could just rotate those three guys um, along, you know, those two guys along with Booker, um, and each of them can play, you know, whatever, what's that, like 32 minutes or whatever, if you rotate all three. Um, so, like, yeah, I'm, I'm 100% on board. I like that pick a lot. Uh, Ricky, what are your thoughts? Um, personally, I wouldn't have done that. I mean, I do see what you're coming from, um, where you're coming from, but I think Marquise Chris developed him into the center role. You give him, like, you put him in the weight room, you try to get him as much weight as you can, uh, get muscle on him, then you put him as your backup center. He's more of a center than he is a power forward anyways. Um, and Mitch Robinson, I think you developed him. I, I wouldn't have went another center, but I'm, I see where you're going. Personally, I would have went uh, Shea Gilgis. Um, what's that point guard's name from Kentucky? Shea Gilgis. Yeah, I would have went him. Um, he's 6'6". I mean, just because you don't know how Peyton's going to do. Um, I'm not necessarily saying give up on him. You still give Peyton the starting gig next season. You see how he develops, but in case he doesn't, you do have another young point guard you can just throw in the mix. And that's what I would have went. Um, but, I mean, if that's just, I mean, getting two centers, one might pan out. And, I mean, I, they did do that with the power forward. So, um, yeah, I see what she did there. <laughs> but, yeah, that's just my take on it. All right. Uh, well, we need to kind of speed it up a little bit, guys. But I do want to give you a, a chance for a retort on that, Luke. Oh, no, I mean, I agree. I mean, I probably would. I mean, if I need a, you know, the back uh, backup point guard, Alexander would be the good position. But, I mean, I just think what they need is center right now. If they, if they didn't draft Luka, that's their hold. If they had the first pick and they went, and if I did something different, then this whole pick is a lot different. But I just think just the two centers, you're just seeing who, who's going to hit because one might not even hit at all. And, uh Chandler just way too old, so I just think you got to go for just just yeah, hit the two best centers available right now. Yeah, and I think too the the one reason that I actually like that as well is um, I, I I would rather let Lynn walk at this point than let Peyton walk because I think you have a good enough sample size to see how Lynn works on that team. That it's he doesn't like. <laughs> I don't think he works really at all. Um, so yeah, I think you take those two guys. You see which you hope you hope you get one of them to really work out, um, and you know you just kind of go from there. Um, and if you if you drafted another point guard, you, I think you would have five point guards. Brandon Knight's still on that roster. You would have Peyton. You would have Doncic would be acting as a point guard. 
um, you would have Uless and whoever you drafted. So, like, um, I, I, I don't want to be in the position of the Chicago Bulls like two years ago. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's, let's, uh, let's try to get the rest of these. Uh, we're we're going to try to do these a little quicker, guys. we got about 25 minutes left. Um, so Philly, number 17, um, that's, that's kind of tough. I definitely feel like I want to go with a shooting guard, um, and I feel like the best available shooting guard is Lonnie Walker, so I'm just going to take Lonnie Walker there. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Luke? Um, yeah, I had it between Lonnie Walker and uh, uh, Alexander out of Kentucky just because he could play point guard and shooting guard, and like uh, mm. he's six six. So I just think um, if you don't know Marco Fultz, uh, it's going to come like be completely healthy and be able to play that back, uh, backup point guard. You're getting someone that's going to back up Simmons, him, and play the two guard. But I do like the Lonnie Walker pick, but. That's who I kind of would have swayed for was Alexander out of Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that, Ricky. Uh, I like it. I mean, I'm I like Lonnie Walker as a player. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's the best pick. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. All right, cool. Uh, so you got Denver, uh, and uh, so go ahead. All right. So breaking down Denver's roster. Um, you have Nikola Jokic as a centerpiece. Gary Harris is developing quite nice, and Jamal Murray. Um, Paul Millsap's up there in age. So, really, what you're looking at here is either a small forward or a power forward. Um, so, I, um, let's see. I'm going to go Isaac Bonga, um, the small forward slash point guard. Um, he can put, he's a point forward and play point guard through small forward. Uh, out of Germany, um, just that long wingspan. I compared him to Giannis earlier. I, I think he could really work with Jokic and Murray and make that big three happen in Denver. His ceiling is high, but his floor, um, his floor is also really low too. So um, it's a boomer bust pick. Um, I'm really high on Bonga. I actually like him more than Musa, the guy I picked at nine. Um, so I think it's a value pick here. A lot of people are not too sold on Bonga yet, but I think they will once they get to know him and w- watch his game a little more. So, yeah, I think Bonga's my pick. I told myself if you picked Bonga in the late teens, early 20s, I was going to give you shit for it. But given the facts, and, and this is why I'm not, given the fact that they need both a point guard and a small forward, you picked a guy who can play both point guard and small forward. So for that reason, like I, I gotta, I gotta say he could be an interesting backup uh, um, for uh, Jamal Murray. Uh, it's a very different style of player. Um, but if you brought him in, if you could keep Barton, um, you know, you can keep keep your shooters. Hernan Gomez, I still think has a lot of promise. Lyles has played great this season. Um, so you have some shooters that I think he could he could you know pass the ball around to, um, and of course Jokic can can shoot the ball. So uh, yeah, I mean I I can't knock it there. I mean I I still feel like it's high for him, but I feel like at least the fit is really really good. Um, Luke, what are your thoughts? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ricky. Yeah. Go ahead, Ricky. Oh, all I was saying was um. I'm a, a lot higher on him than most people. Um, I just see that 
that big wingspan of his and all the skills and plus the pro experience. I'm really high on a lot of European players. I watch more European basketball than I do college basketball. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I just think he would be a good fit by having Murray, yep. Bonga, and Jokic. And I, I told you before the podcast, actually, I, I have him top 15 on my board. Uh, you yeah. called me crazy. Uh, but, yeah, it's just I fell in love with him and Musa. Those are two big international players. And, of course, Doncic, of course. But um, so I think he is more valuable than pick 18. A lot of people disagree, but, but he was the best player on my board. Plus, it fit a positional need. That's just why I picked him for Denver. Okay, yeah, definitely. Uh, Luke, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I see where you're going there. And, I mean, Denver is just one of those teams, too, that they know their international, I mean, play. I mean, they they, they, they know that talent really well. They probably really wanted Musa at this spot. That was perfect for them. That's what I think they probably would have definitely wished was there. But, I mean, I see where you were going there. I might have went with – Jacob Evans, but then again, I mean, I don't think that he's, I mean, he's just kind of a veteran kid. He's just smart, but I see where you're going, Bong. I had him going a little bit later. I'll, I'll chime in because I have their pick when I think that he should have went uh, longer to a, uh, another great team, but Denver knows their international play, so I think it's a good pick for them. Indeed. Uh, all right, Washington. Luke, who you got? All righty, so Washington's kind of a needs a point guard, and uh, I mean, you do have, you need a backup point guard just because you see, even though they're playing pretty well without Drummond, you just don't know anything, so I'm going to go with another Kentucky boy. He can play both the point guard and the uh, shooting guard position and go with uh, Shea uh, Gilchrist Alexander out of Kentucky and uh, and have him as your backup one and two and just have him run off the bench. I mean, 6'6". Six, six. I think you do really well for uh, the Wizards. Yeah, I mean, I, the Wizards need everything because <laughs> they have been, uh, like, trading away their draft picks for the last three years. This is, like, the first year they kept it. So, like, I feel like if you're the Wizards, you just go best player available. I do feel like Alexander is, like, very high up there on my best player available at that point. The only player that I think maybe, like – I currently have higher on my board is Troy Brown. Um, but, man, Alexander has – like, Troy Brown just kind of started out higher. Uh, I think Alexander's going to end up passing him by the time we, we you know, we get through um, March Madness and everything. So I like the pick. Ricky, your thoughts? Uh, I like it. I don't see a problem with it. It's, it's a good pick. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm higher on Shade than most people, but I would have went Trayvon Duvall. I'm – I really like him. I know he's been slipping as of late, but, I mean, before the season started, he was top five. Um, he has slipped a lot, but that's just where I would have went. But good pick. Yeah, I, I, I could see that, too. He's he's one that's fallen off a little bit for me, but he's starting to climb back up. So I'll just have to see how he finishes out the year. Um, okay, so I got Minnesota. Um, Minnesota is another team that needs a lot. They really need some wing help. Um, so with that being said, I'm going Chandler Hutchison. Um, guy can play the three, can play the four. Um, he's, you know, an older player, so he can come right in, make a difference right away. Um, and, you know, he can, he can back up both of your, um, you know, both Jimmy Butler and Wiggins, uh, cause you know, obviously they got, they got Crawford, but he's older. Um, they don't have Muhammad anymore. 
Um, so I think he, he fits your need perfectly, and, um, you know, he, he comes in and he makes a difference right away. Luke, what are your thoughts? I know. I mean, I like it. Uh, I had him going to another team as well. I'm crying that I'm this uh, other team's pick. But, uh, no, I think he's perfect. Like you said, he is this veteran kid. I mean, a lot of kids, a lot of people compare him that he could be um, – just another kid, a veteran kid that's coming out and just right out of college and just knowing what to do because he's been there so long. So I like the pick for Minnesota. It's something they can need. He's not going to necessarily be a starter, but coming off your bench and having him as a good bench player, he, he'd do really well. So I like the pick for them. And that's that's kind of exactly where my head was at with it. Um, Ricky? Yeah, I, I agree with both of you. I mean, he is uh, older, um, but just that veteran presence. Um, well, he wouldn't be veteran in the NBA, but, you know, that n- more knowledge from the more he plays. And, I mean, he fits a need, and it was a good fit. Uh, I like it. Indeed. Now, I am sad that I took him before uh, Atlanta could snag him. Um, but you have <laughs> Atlanta now at 21. Um, who are you going with for Atlanta there? All right, so breaking down the roster once again, I'm trying to see who I picked for Atlanta last time. I picked Mo Bamba. Um, so you have uh, Dennis Schroeder. Um, um, I would go is, – is Lonnie Walker available? No, we took him at, for Philly at 17. Oh, oh okay. Um, then I would go Troy Brown from Oregon. Uh, yeah. he, he, he's a he's a good scorer, he's a good athlete, he, he's quickness, he has that mid range game to him, he's a natural scorer. Um he, he could fit at that two guard. Um Ken Baysmore is there but he's up there in age. Um, I just think it fits the need. You need to go wing player. Uh Prince uh, has some potential to him, so so is so does Benbury. Um so I think shooting guard is where you go since center was already taken care of. So you go with Bomba, Colin, Prince, um, and then um, Schroeder, and then now Brown. So I think that would be best-case scenario for Atlanta. Yeah, I like it. And he's he's big. He's like 6'7". He's got some length, um, so he can maybe even play a little three in some small ball lineups. Um, uh, looks to be a really good shooter. Can even handle the ball a little bit. So, um like he used to be a point guard. He's kind of transitioned into a two guard. Um, so because of that, he struggles to play off ball a little bit, but um, that's just something that he's been working on. He's been getting a lot better with it throughout this year. I really like that pick as far as, um, you know, what's available on the board and, and, and what Atlanta needs. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Luke? I know I like it a lot. I mean, I had it between him and Trevor Duvall. So, I mean, either one's going to be really good. So that's exactly the positional needs that they need right now. If they went ahead and got Muhammad Obama and every Atlanta fan, I mean, I don't know about you, Nick, but dude, Ken Bazemore is just terrible and I just need to go. <laughs> so getting a player that you can draft to take over his position would be great. So yeah, I'd be, I would have either gone Brown or Trevor Duvall from Duke. So I like the pick. The funny thing is, man, Bazemore is actually having like a reasonably good year. It's just we're so shady, and he is so overpaid. Like, um, so, that you know, like, that's the reason why people, like, 
just can't stand him. But he's actually having a pretty good year. He's shooting a good clip from three, and he's our best defender. Um, but, no, I agree. I, I mean, I don't want him. I want to move him because his salary is so ungodly terrible. Um, but, anyway, uh, moving on, you got the Spurs, Luke, um, who are at 22. It's fucking crazy to even think about the Spurs being – drafting someone at 22, but uh, in, it, as of their record right now, they would be. So who are you taking for San Antonio? This is the team that I'm crying because you've taken two of my players. Um, Spurs know their international people so well, so I, I had them going with Isaac uh, Bonga. Uh, and then yeah. I would have gone uh, what's the chase from Boise State that um, Chandler Hutchinson. Yeah. So, so right now I have it either between um, I might pronounce his name wrong. Uh, it's Kyrie Thomas. Tom, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, Thomas uh, from Creighton or Trevor Duvall from Duke. It's just um, who who do I think they more of the upside. Um, I think I might go Trevor Duvall with this pick uh, just because he just – yeah, he's had a shaky season. He's coming back a lot better, stronger. He can have a really strong March Madness and NCAA to help him, but – I think he does have a lot of things in upside, and uh, Pop knows that, and Pop can find it in players. But I bet Pop really wanted an international player, but they're all gone. Yeah, um, I personally, I, like, I would, I would be focusing on like a three or a four or a five because they have so many guards. Um, like they have obviously uh, Dejounte Murray. They just re-signed um, what's his face, uh, Patty Mills. Uh, they drafted Derek White last year. Um, Brandon Paul looks like he could be successful um, for them. Uh, and then they have Danny Green. Um, now, Danny Green has a player option, so he may opt out. And then, you know, it would be just like the Spurs to be like, yeah, we're not paying you whatever the market wants to pay you, so just go ahead and go like they did with Simmons and Deadman. Um And, you know, just decide they're going to, you know, just – fill that with whoever, you know, whoever the hell Popovich comes up with. Um, so, yeah, I, I probably would have gone for a different positional need. Um, but, uh, but I mean, I think Duvall's a good player. I think that the Spurs would be the perfect system um, for him to go to and be successful. Um, I, I really just think it depends on what you think of Murray. I really think uh, DeJounte Murray is going to be really good. Um, it would be interesting to see if they could work together in a, like a dual point guard system because um, if that could work out, that would be something that would be really interesting down the road. Um, but, uh, Ricky, what are your thoughts? Uh, he was my second-best player available, and um, I think Trayvon Duvall is going to have a really bright future. He did have a down uh, season, but I think that was partly because of how much star power was on that Duke roster. Um, but, yeah, I'm a great pick. I really like that one. All right. Uh, okay. Can I just chime in so, real quick? Absolutely. I kind of, now that I've already taken it, um, also a player I could see doing really well, plays on Duke, Grayson Allen. But that's another story. Uh, but I could see Grayson Allen in the Spurs system, even though he's kind of crazy-headed. I think Pop can cool him down and all that. But I'm still thinking with Trevor Duvall. Yeah. No, I, I, I got you. I definitely think either. Th- that's the thing. I mean, there's, like – I feel like any Duke player going to San Antonio would be perfect because you're dealing with, I, I feel like, slightly similar 
um, at least respect factor with the head coaches. Uh, all right, we got about 10 minutes left, so we got to be really quick with the rest of these guys. Uh, so I got Indiana at 23. Um, Ricky, you've got Chicago up next. Uh, Indiana, I'm definitely going to go with a forward because I think they need a um, they need a solid small forward. Um, so it's really just do I want to go with Kata Bates, Jop, or do I want to go with DeAndre Hunter? Um, DeAndre Hunter might not even declare for the draft, but this kid looks great. He's already got the body for the NBA. I think he's going to be really good. Um, he plays for Virginia. He's an awesome defender. Um, he doesn't get a lot of minutes, but that's just because he's young and that's a pretty experienced team. But I think he's got a lot of upside. I'm going DeAndre Hunter. Um, what do you think about that, Luke? Um, I like it. I mean, it's the positional need that they re- need right there, so I think it fits for them. So that's, I mean, who I go with because other people that they need are already off the board. So I like the pick. Word. Ricky? I, I would have went uh, Kieta Bates-Doyant out of Ohio State. Um, I, think I was really sh- high on him. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know, but I think yeah. it is. It looks like it would be yeah. Sean. I would have went him. Uh, he's been rumored uh, ever since his freshman year to go into the draft. He just decided to stay every year, and he's been getting better all around. I think he's uh, a better player, but um, I do agree with you about small forwards. So good pick. Indeed. Um, yeah, I think I think Shop's definitely the more proven player. I think Hunter's got the, the much higher ceiling. Um, so it just kind of depends on what you want to go with there. Um, but, yeah, I think either one would be good for them. Uh, Chicago, Ricky, who you got? All right, so I think you need to go big man here, and it's between uh, – I'm going to butcher these names again. Jimmy um, Mirutu out of USC or mm-hmm. uh, Omar Yurt 7. And I honestly like Omar uh, a little bit better. Um, he's out of NC State. Uh, he's from Uzbekistan. He's a center that can stretch the floor. He's a good shooter. He needs to work on his low post scoring, but if he can get that down, um, he's going to be a great player for him. And at pick 24, I think that's a good selection. So I'm going Omar, you're at seven other NC State. Yeah, I, I like it. The whole, my only fear would be is do you think that he can pair with marketing long-term, um, the athleticism angle? I would probably go with John T. Porter because um, I do think that he could pair. Um, but that may be a little bit of a stretch for Jonte Porter. It just depends on – I've seen him as high as 15. I've seen him as low as like 35, 40. Um, so I think it really just depends on where you where you have him on your board. Um, Luke, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm with uh, with you guys. I mean, I would have probably went with uh, Mitu, Porter, or who you chose. So either one of either one of those three are just is good for uh, – Good for Chicago at the uh, for their pick right there. Indeed. Uh, all right. So what's left? We got six picks left. We got the Lakers, Blazers, Celtics, uh, Brooklyn, Golden State, and Atlanta. One more time. Uh, so Luke, who you got for the Lakers? All right. So I've been doing some thinking about this, and <laughs> they need a center position and probably a two guard, and I got it between. Uh, Mitu from USC, uh, Jante Porter from Missouri, Grayson Allen, and then um, uh, Ham- uh, Diablo, I think, um, from Kentucky. I think I just butchered that. No, yeah, it's uh, Tommy Diablo. Diablo, yeah. 
So yeah. it just kind of depends on where they want to go. Grayson Allen could be really good, just a, a veteran off the bench. They lost Clarkson, their their six men. So I'm going to go with Grayson Allen. They picked a they picked a older guy in the draft last year, and it panned out really well for him. So I think Grayson Allen coming off the bench would be a good pick, even though they need center, and a center is a bigger need for them. I just think they Grayson Allen just coming off the bench and helping them out and backing up KCP, or if they don't go with KCP this summer, Grayson Allen could possibly go there. But that's who I'm choosing. Yeah, I like it. Um, I, I agree with you. I think you got to go one way or the other. I honestly think it would be a mistake for them not to re-sign Randall and have him be their starting center. Um, I mean, I know they want to get two max free agents, and I guess you know if you can get LeBron and, and PG, and that means having to give up, uh, having to give up uh, on Randall. Like, I mean, I guess you do it, but like. I mean, I don't guess you do it, um, but nevertheless, I, I really feel like he's been one of the big parts of their success for this year, and I still I still like Avicii Zubat, um, as, at least as a backup center. I think he, he works there. I think Grayson Allen would be good because he could play the one, he could play the two, um, um, and I like Josh Hart a lot, so I think um, you might see Josh Hart as your starter and then have Grayson Allen kind of play that position so I think I think that would be good um but we, we just gotta we gotta speed it up a little bit so I gotta I gotta skip you Ricky we only got six more minutes left uh Portland um Portland definitely needs uh, a wing player um since uh Keita Bates Jop is still on the board I'm gonna go with Keita Bates Jop uh I think that would probably fit them the best uh, for for what they need. They could also go with a backup point guard. It depends on um, whether they want to uh, re-sign Shabazz Napier. Um, but I think long-term, I think Kate Shop would make the most sense. All right, uh, Ricky, you got Boston, 27. Who you got, man? Uh, Boston at 27. Um, let's see. I think we go big man here. So I'm going to go uh, Metu out of USC. Or, wait, yeah, it was that pick. No, that wasn't taken. So, Metsu. Metsu, I Yeah, you're good. Yeah, Chimazzi Metsu, I like it. Um, I think out of who's left on the board as far as center, I think the only guy that, you know, you can maybe argue might be better is Brandon McCoy out of UNLV. Um, but I, I definitely like Metsu, and Metsu's a much better shooter. Um, I think he's more athletic. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's good. Um, also, also, you could have gonna, Porter in the mix. Uh, well, we already uh, – Porter, uh, is he still on the board? Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, you could go with Porter, too. Um, yeah, I mean, I probably would take Porter, honestly, over Matu. But um, but I think I think any of those three guys are good. I think you definitely go with the big – whichever of those three big men you like the most. All right, Luke, you got Brooklyn. But first, before you go into that, your thoughts on the Boston picks since that's your team. Oh, no, I mean, what we need is a, as a center, I would have gone. I mean, it's either mid-two right now or quarter. So, either way, you're not – I mean, I like I like the pick. So, I would have gone with either one of those. So, I probably would have gone mid-two because I just have him slightly higher than Jonte Porter right now. Gotcha. All right, Brooklyn. All right, so with Brooklyn, um, so they got Jim Whitty who's looking pretty promising right now. And then you also have um, – you kind of have, like, the center position and all that. So, I'm kind of – I really would have gone Giop if he was still there, but since he's not, I'm going to go with Tyree Thomas, a shooting guard out of uh, Creighton. I just think he's, he's a smart player. He'd do uh, well 
and he he would be a good backup for right now. He's not your starting uh, two guard, but he'd do really well off the bench. And so I think that he would be the best option for them at this pick. Yeah, I mean he's certainly a guy you can develop. Um, I I feel like they probably like you said they they more need a three, but there's just not like a three that's like I mean. Maybe you would go Jacob Evans because he could play the three. He's like a guard forward kind of combo. Um, I definitely am not am not reaching far enough to to go with Hachimura out of Gonzaga. Um, so yeah, I mean, I feel like Kyrie Thomas is probably like uh, the best player available who's not a big. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely see that. Um, Golden State, I definitely feel like you go after a big man. Um, and because, uh, you know, I mean, obviously you, you have um, – you just drafted or you just basically shysted um, uh, dude buddy away from Chicago. His name escapes me at the moment. Um, but I think maybe you go Jordan with a slightly Bell. more tra- – Thank you, Jordan Bell. I think you go with maybe a slightly more traditional big man to pair with him. So that wouldn't be Jontae Porter. That would be Brandon McCoy. Um, he's a little bigger, uh, more of a traditional center. Um, I think that would mean you could get rid of Zaza Pachulia. Um, he's getting older, and he's getting—he's got such a shitty reputation because he's an asshole. Um, so I think that would probably be the way to go there. Um, last pick, Atlanta. Who you got, Ricky? All right. So um, looking at it, the roster is currently. I'll try to hurry up with this because I only have three minutes. Schroeder at the point guard set. Uh, John Collins at power forward set. Uh, you have Mo Bamba at center that set. Um, so we just picked uh, Troy Brown last pick. But really the only thing that I would focus on right now is uh, wing depth. Um, you have Florian Prince and uh, Benbury there. But uh, I have it down to three different people. One you're going to hate me for. You told me not to do this <laughs> specifically. Uh, but Diallo, um, he's available. I like him a lot. Um, <laughs> I like uh, Rodnus Caracas out of SC Barcelona. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's a Latvian. I like him a lot. And um, uh, the shooting guard out of Kansas, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. Um, he's from the Ukraine. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. Um yeah, I def, don't pick that son of a bitch, Sir Merkis. I'm like, I'm never gonna be able to pr- pronounce his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so, so that's the three. Um, I'm more higher on uh, Rodnius Caracas out of FC Barcelona. I think Diallo's one of the better players available, but the higher ceiling out of them is Caracas. So at the last pick in the first round, I'm going Caracas out of FC Barcelona. He uh, Latvian. He's a great athlete. He can play shooting guard through power forward. He's 6'8", 220. He has a good IQ. He's a shooter. He's, he's uh, a driver. He would be higher on most people's board, but he is injury prone. Uh, so that is the only concern with him. Um, but he does have a really high ceiling, and I think he would be great uh, balancing out this uh, Atlanta offense. Indeed. Yeah, no, I like it. I actually had him a lot higher uh, last season, but like you said, he does have the injury problem. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm cool with that. That's, a, that's not a bad pick at all. Um, so that's it, guys. Um, let us know in the comment section uh, if you enjoyed this little game. We'll probably do a few more of them uh, as we get uh, closer to, uh, you know, the actual uh, um, lottery and post-madness uh, version. Um, so let us know in the comments 
section, what you think. Luke, Ricky, thank you for joining me. Uh, and we will be back tomorrow, Wednesday at 9 o'clock for your regularly, regularly, rather, aired program of Full Court Press. Thanks, guys. Peace. Mm-hmm. Thanks, y'all. Good night. Good night, y'all.